Today on the podcast, uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, stuff going on. We've got uh, Dan Crenshaw, um, who was yelled at by the Young Turks in a very offensive way. Uh, <laughs> you do you think? Yeah, I thought it was a mildly offensive. Right. That was how I, I felt thought about it, it was. Uh, I, I thought, you know, that Young Turk is—he is, he is a, an intellectual, a scholar. And uh, really well-spoken. We dive back into, uh, as well, we've done it before, but uh, we dive back into uh, what the Young Turks is named after. Yeah. And I'm just flabbergasted that this has happened in our society. It's not good. Not good. We also uh, have a little bit more to uh, talk about on the uh, the Google issues. Bombshell, the movie, is out. We take a look at uh, Hong Kong. How did all of this even start? Denmark and the refugees and the economy. All of these things, plus a little on the Second Amendment, on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. The 23andMe test didn't give you any more information we need to know about, did they? Uh, no, other than it's probably in my DNA someplace that I am, I'm one with the streets. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, box was checked, apparently. Word up. Okay, so anyway, let me, uh, let, could, could we just, uh, play the audio, um, on Joe Rogan, Dan Grantshaw, uh, appeared recently. And he spoke about a lot of different things. And it was a great episode. And it was a great interview. Well, the Young Turks didn't like it too much. And in response to the Joe Rogan, Dan Crenshaw interview, Hassan Piker of the Young Turks mocked Crenshaw's lost eye. He also went on to say that uh, America deserved 9-11. Here he is. I can't do this guy has the understanding of foreign policy uh, of like a 12 year old. What the f what the f is wrong with this dude? Didn't he go to war and like literally lose his eye because some Mujahideen, a brave soldier, his eye hole with their. Isn't that how he lost his dumbass eye? Because he got his eye hole by a brave soldier. Didn't he learn that there's a difference between like military bases and, and diplomacy? So that's how, huh. I just want to remind you how far we've come. Now, I defend his right to say this. As vile and disgusting as it is, I will defend his right to say this. I will not call for him being banned, him being silenced, or anything else. Freedom of speech, the First Amendment, means... You must stand up for the most vile speech you can comprehend. And that is some of the most vile speech I've ever heard. But he has an absolute constitutional right, damn it, to say it. And I, I hate saying that. I hate defending his right to say those things. But that's what it's all about. This isn't a, this isn't something that calls for somebody to be banned, called for somebody to be uh, pulled off the air. This calls for common decency. First of all, we're calling the Mahajadeen, we're calling them brave soldiers? Do you know who these people are? These are brave soldiers. Oh. Are ISIS soldiers brave too? Because if they're brave soldiers, then... So were the SS. And you can say, well, they thought they were doing right. So, yes, they were brave soldiers. But then you would have to give that to Dan Crenshaw as well, which you won't do. Anybody who believes they're right, they must be brave. They must be brave soldiers. 
Or do you just have a thing for our nation's enemy? Not our nation's enemy. I don't care. These are enemies of mankind. Anyone, anyone who says, well, you can't say that because God tells me you can't say that and I have a right to kill you. You're an enemy of humans. You're an enemy of God. How could I say that? Well, because I know for a fact, I know for a fact, Hassan Piker is my brother. Through God, he's not my favorite brother. He's not even close to my favorite brother. He's not a brother I like, one I want to hang out with. He is one that I would have a hard time remaining civil in the same room with, but he is my brother, and I know my Father in heaven loves him. He's probably weeping, but he loves him. Oh, my gosh. But here's what the real problem is. The Young Turks are responsible, literally responsible, for the squad. They're the ones who helped put all this together. They're the ones who are finding the most radical and getting them elected and then protecting them. These are not normal Democrats. These are revolutionaries. Hey, Stu, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, they named themselves the Young Turks, and I'm sure they didn't know what the Young Turks did. Uh, I mean, could you just do a quick search for the term Young Turks? And uh, let's remind everybody who the Young Turks really were. Do you have that? I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. uh, To to pull it out of my memory i mean i uh, it's probably a bad idea just because yeah. i don't remember I, you know it's been a while since we've done the history on it but uh, they were not is that you know like it wasn't be, it wouldn't be something that normal people would name themselves after no, no. there was a pretty Revol- ugly element of yeah that ele- revolutionaries uh there was you know also a little bit of genocide yeah you know so if you're fine with a little bit of genocide you're okay you know you call yourself the young turk yeah but here's a, here's a nice little sentence for you the Armenian genocide was the Young Turk government's systematic extermination of Armenian subjects. An yeah. estimated 1.5 million people were killed. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. We should just call ourselves the stormtroopers. That's what the Young Turks are. That's what they did. And these guys are naming themselves after them. And that should tell you something. of dollars of capital funding, which has always been incredible. To well, me. that's what I also wanted to talk about. I believe it was Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, that has given them a lot, an awful lot of money. He and others. $20 million investment in the Young Turks. Uh, anybody who is funding these people. If you, you cannot hide behind. No, I'm just I'm trying to just to be, you know, um, normal american i just i just you know want things to calm down i'm just looking for the truth you 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 can't hide behind that i want to expose all of the funders uh behind the the young turks you you should be ashamed of yourself and america should know who you are <clears throat> He goes on in his uh, wonderful rant about how America deserved 9-11. All right. You know, there's a conversation that should be had in this country, and I think we are kind of having it uh, already. I I think most people know uh, that, you know, our foreign policy, the progressive foreign policy— the progressive Republicans and the progressive Democrats that we have followed over the last hundred years doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not good. 
Look at what happened to the Middle East. Where is that? Where does that come from? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Where is the Young Turks financing coming from? People who believe the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The Young Turks are no one's friend if you believe in freedom. If you believe, they will shut me down. I can guarantee you they would never, ever do a monologue about how I should. They would never stand up for a voice like mine. Never. They are not constitutional supporters. They do not believe in freedom of speech. They do not believe, unless it applies to them, they do not believe that people shouldn't be shunned and chased out of the square. They are fascists. The people who are shutting other people down are fascists. I'm, I want to talk to you about a guy that we had on yesterday. I spoke to him last night, and this is this guy's a Democrat. This guy's this guy voted for the Clintons and was a big supporter of the Clintons forever. And he is investigating Google. He voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. He's not exactly on our side. If you view everything as a political team, but if you view what's going on in the world as there's the team freedom and the team fascist, communist, totalitarian, or absolute anarchy. I'm on team freedom. That's the team he's on. And he is warning. And uh, last night is the first time I think I heard real despair and uh, sadness. Because here's another American who now realizes none of this is honest. Wait a minute. I, I thought if I would just expose the truth, the truth would win. But none of this is honest. No. I know where how he feels because I've been there but it is time for the adults to step up it's time for people to say okay i i need to decide who i am who i am what's worth living for what's worth dying for what's worth talking about there's very there's very little honestly that is worth talking about we talk about a lot i talk about four to five hours a day and I wonder how much of it is worth anything. Well, that's what I want to, that's what I really would like to talk to you about today. What has any meaning at all? Because we could sit here and yell and scream and go back and forth about Dan Crenshaw and this battle with some Yahoo on Young Turks. It doesn't matter. Dan Crenshaw can take care of himself. Dan Crenshaw is, is, he's a man. I know we're not supposed to say that anymore. I don't care. He's a man. And he also has pers- perspective. He's been to battle. You think he cares what this guy, the Young Turk, says? No. So let's talk about that today. Let's set the table there. What matters most And what are we supposed to be doing? You know, the average person sees about five, I bet it's more than this now, uh, 5,000 ads a day. Now, when you think of that, you think, there's no way I could see 5,000 ads a day. How do I possibly? But you do. You see about 5,000 ads every single day. You know, those are billboards. You're just crossing over from another you know, TV channel or or whatever it is, 5,000. Now, when I say that number, and I bet it's higher now, you think that can't be. Why? 
you feel it can't be because you filter out. Your brain is so good. It filters so many things out that you don't really even recognize it because it's not important. It's, it's the same thing that happens when you're driving uh, down the road and you're thinking about drive, uh, you know, buying a new car, and all of a sudden you're seeing that car everywhere. Or if you're thinking, what color do I want? And you think, I'm going to get a white one. And then all of a sudden you notice white cars are everywhere. How come you didn't notice it? Because you're filtering things out on what's important and what's not important. That's the one thing that the media no longer does. They no longer filter for anybody. Now, that doesn't mean I want somebody to choose. But what they're doing is they're in, they are now picking the things that absolutely do not matter, but will drive your heart rate through the roof. In exchange for those stories that really matter, but they don't know how to talk about that. They don't. That's not going to help our team win. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. You're listening to the Khmer Rouge Radio Network. I don't know if that's that's no? not what we were. I don't. No. Hmm. All right. Relief factor. If if you have kids, one of the things uh, in life that can bring bring you joy, hmm, a lot of joy, and a, and a lot of stinky diapers and a lot of nights <laughs> laying awake, going, "Good heavens, what's happening?" Children, when they're little, you know, it's playing games with them, wrestling around on the ground with the boys and the girls, and sitting down in a tiny chair and drinking tea with your daughter. As they get older, it means having conversations with them or going to the store together. Ultimately, it means being in their lives. And that is really hard to do if you are in pain all the time. It is hard to... um, My daughter came to me and she had something to share with me um, on Tuesday. It had been a long day and I was really hurting. And I said, I just, honey, I, I just need to, I need 15 minutes. And she said... No, Dad, we'll do this some other time. And I said, no, 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 I just need 15 minutes. Uh, and I just needed to go and just whew, breathe and uh, come back. If you're in massive pain, I would have said to her, I can't, I, I can't do it tonight, honey. And it's important, the time we spend and the focus that we spend on our children. ReliefFactor.com can help you out of the pain. Call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, program. We're just talking about how bad, uh, how bad running is. I don't understand that as a sport. Cross country, I don't get. My daughter did it and she loved it. Yeah. And I think it's great that you're competing against yourself, yada, 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 but you're running. It's not. It's, it's no. We, you know, the, the Model T was already created. Right. We've come up with several and other variations you know, on the idea. You're running, you're running, and then everybody who has to watch you has to, you know, walk like a mile and a half yeah. to make sure that they're every turn you're at, and you're like, I'm not in this race. Why am I walking? Right. It's not like, you know, when you're watching a football game, you have to get tackled 10 or 12 times. <laughs> right. right. Like, it's I'm not, not participating. I'm here no, to watch. it's not right. It's not right. No. And uh, if you're a marathon runner, something wrong with you. Yes, definitely. Probably a cat owner. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. What is it that we're missing as a society? What is the what is the one piece that we have to put in and you you can't you can't live without this one piece? Is it knowledge? Got to have knowledge. Compassion. We have to be compassionate. Common sense. 
facts, common decency, truth. I think the fundamental cornerstone of any civil society is truth. And right now we don't even know how to find truth. We don't even care about the truth anymore many times. Beyond limit, beyond limited truth, there is one absolute truth, which is totally and all-embracing, but it is indescribable because it is God, or, or shall I say rather, God is truth. Other things, therefore, can only be true in a relative sense, end quote. That's Gandhi. Now, I know, that, I know people in the, on the left used to love Gandhi. I don't know if they do anymore. They used to love Martin Luther King, but he's not woke enough anymore. But they spoke of the same truth. You must have truth. But we can't, we don't even, we don't even not look for truth anymore. We deny truth. And then on top of it, we dismiss all facts. We don't even look for facts, let alone the truth. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Hong Kong. Right now, there is a fight for truth so intense. And I'm watching these people and I'm thinking, I'm watching dead people walking. Because I know what China is. I know the technology that China is developing. I know that China is going to win Hong Kong and then eventually Taiwan. But before the protests spread into a global movement centered on the fight for truth, justice, and freedom, do you know how this started? This is like the shot that was heard around the world. Remember? That was the American Revolution. It started with one shot. So what started this? Believe it or not... It's a love story. 19-year-old took his 20-year-old girlfriend to Taiwan for Valentine's Day for a trip. At some point, they posted a, a, a selfie together on Facebook with pink lipstick emojis on their faces. But later, alone in the hotel room, the girl told her boyfriend that she was pregnant. Now, I don't know if he was overjoyed or worried or uncertain maybe a mix of all three, but the mood certainly darkened once she told him that he was not the father. In one swift move, he slammed her head against the wall, then he strangled her until she stopped breathing and stopped moving. He shoved her body then into a suitcase and then went to bed. The next morning, he searched for somewhere to dump the body, he traveled 15 railway stations away to a public park. He was carrying his suitcase with his girlfriend in it. He dumped the body inside a thicket of bushes, keeping her most valuable belongings and then chucking everything else. Then he withdrew roughly $650 in Taiwanese money from the ATM using her card. He would eventually withdraw another $2,000 before flying home to Hong Kong. And that's where he was arrested. He was arrested there the same day that the Taiwanese police discovered the girl's body. She had been three months pregnant. So how the heck does this turn in to two million people on the streets? The problem was he made it out of Taiwan. If he had never made it out of Taiwan, this wouldn't have happened. If the Taiwanese police would have caught him at the airport, if only. But he landed in Hong Kong where officials didn't know, had, had no idea what to do with him. They couldn't charge him with a murder he'd committed because it was in Taiwan. And unbelievably, they couldn't extradite him because Hong Kong has no formal extradition agreement with Taiwan. Coincidentally, Hong Kong also has no official extradition agreement with China either. So in other words, there was no law that could stop him. He hadn't committed murder in Hong Kong. There was no place to send him. 
It was a series of really dangerous loopholes. Now, Hong Kong is a semi-autonomous state. It belongs to the it belonged to the British for about, I don't know, 160 years or so. And that ended in 1997. And Great Britain handed it over to China. By that time, it had spent about 100 years being Western. So it was English. It was very, very Western. Communist mainland China didn't like that. But they agreed to allow Hong Kong to remain, you know, their own independent power, even mandating its own constitution, the basic law of Hong Kong. The people of Hong Kong have always been leery of China because they have a strange look at and a strange system of communism and, uh, you know, also has the habits of making political dissidents vanish. They're building concentration camps. They have a deadly rule of law. And because this whole thing was like, where do we send this guy? Well, we'll send him to China. Wait a minute, you can't. You can't do that. The protesters have unified behind five demands. They want a withdrawal of the extradition bill because they know, sure, this guy, if you want to talk about the Bubba effect, this guy, he was wrong, but we'll deal with him here. We're not sending him to China because you're part of the problem. And we don't want our citizens being shipped over to China because you'll start making people disappear. They also want the second demand. The Chinese government must stop calling them rioters. They're protesters, they say, not rioters. Three, any protesters who have been arrested have to be let free and exonerated. Four, an independent commission must look into police use of force during the protests. And five, universal suffrage. Yesterday... Maybe it was the day before news broke out that Twitter had suspended roughly a thousand Chinese accounts and banned advertisements from the state owned media companies pushing pro China propaganda through social media. Facebook has also taken steps to combat the spread of anti Hong Kong propaganda. Each day it becomes clearer and clearer. The ordinary men and women in Hong Kong are fighting for something extraordinary. But in to do so, they, they have to harness the power of the individual. Each person must find the power within them to stand. And it needs to take all of them. This isn't the work that just a few protesters or even 1.7 million protesters will take care of. Because China doesn't care. I'll give you the rest of the story in one minute. You know, somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there's a man standing in the sun next to an old oil derrick. He turns the wrench in his hand. He feels the, and he hears the creak of the metal as he puts the old girl back into shape. For as long as... As long and as far as he can see in either direction, there's lush farmland that has been in his family since part of this country was settled. Long ago, he tasted fever dreams of other places and occupations. But it was this simple land that called him back. It's funny. One man's ghost, one man's nightmare is another man's heritage, pride, and dream. Takes a view of his own personal frontier. He stands there, as so many others like him, in a pair of Tecovis boots, admiring his frontier, where he's been and where he's headed. Tecovis boots are handmade from the finest leathers. They, they take 200 steps to make. Tecovis believes a handshake, that's a, that's a contract. That's why, you know, their word is their bond. It's not going to be a hassle if you order them and you order the wrong size. They make it really, really simple. They have free shipping and free returns to Covis Boots. I love mine. You're going to love yours. Find your pair at tecovas.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovis, Western goods for your frontier. 
January 1965, the 65 edition of Playboy featured an interview with Martin Luther King, and it was conducted by Alex Haley. He was the author of Roots. And he was asked about the pressure he felt as a reformer. And he said, I I subject myself to self-purification and to endless self-analysis. I question, I soul-search constantly into myself to be as certain as I can that I'm fulfilling the true meaning of my work, that I'm maintaining my sense of purpose, that I am holding fast to my ideals, that I am guiding my people in the right direction. But whatever my doubts, however heavy the burden, I feel I have to accept the task of helping to make this nation and this world a better place to live in for all men, black and white alike. Boy, how many people have you heard say that? Even just the last line, black and white. Have you wondered where Gandhi, Martin Luther King, where are these people? What's today's equivalent? Where is that leader in Hong Kong? You know, it's interesting. Before Billy Graham died, um, I met with him. And I asked him that question. Where's the Billy Graham? Where's the Martin Luther King? Where's the Gandhi? He said, I don't think God's going to use, I don't think God's going to use just one leader. I don't think that's going to happen. He said, things are going to get so out of control that everyone will know it's going to take a miracle to fix. But God is using people in small ways all over the world. And nobody knows what he's working on. But Things are just going to start to snap together and the world will recognize him again as truth. And it won't be brought on by man. It'll be brought on by all of us just trying to do the right thing. Kind of like soul searching. Just make sure I'm fulfilling the true meaning of my work, that I'm maintaining my sense of purpose, that I'm holding fast to my ideals that I'm guiding my people in the right direction. Who are your people? That's why I've spent a lot of time, more time off air um, this summer than I've ever spent in my entire career. Because I finally realize my people is my family. There will never, ever be more important work. You will never make a bigger impact than you make in the, inside the four walls of your home. I mean, you look at Donald Trump right now. Where's his lasting impact? You could say Israel. I think it's his children. His children love him. His children seem decent. That's his, that's, that's the tower that just doesn't light up Trump at night. Turn on your TV, look at videos online, photos in the newspaper. Look at the images of Hong Kong, hundreds of thousands of protesters, almost two million. They together are representing Martin Luther King's vision Gandhi's vision. Thomas Paine, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington's vision. The truth is that power resides in the people, and it is entrusted for the time being to those whom they may choose as their representatives. Parliaments have no power or even existence independently of the people. Civil disobedience is the storehouse of power. Imagine a whole people unwilling to conform to the laws of the legislature and prepared to suffer the consequences of noncompliance. They will bring the whole legislative and executive machinery to a standstill. What you have right now are a bunch of people who say they're dedicated to the principles of I'm against fascism or I'm against communism. But in the end, they're both fascists. They both want to tell the other side to shut up and sit down. And I believe both of them will use violence in the end. What's that phrase? By any means necessary? That's not the revolution that we had. 
It's why Thomas Paine was thrown into the Bastille. Because Thomas Paine was saying, wait, 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 guys, this didn't happen in the American Revolution. You have to have God. You have to have truth. You may not want religion, but you have to have truth. There is one truth. And that truth leads you to compassion and facts and common sense and knowledge. It's your keel. And if you don't have truth, you're not going to have anything but vengeance and bloodshed. That's why we are so screwed up right now. We have to start looking once again at the basic fundamentals of life. We, we can't fix anything on the edges. You can't fix anything. I guarantee you any legislation that is passed, we will need more legislation later. Because we are not self-ruling right now. Henry David Thoreau said, government is best which governs the least. You have both sides right now saying, I don't trust the government. I don't trust the government because it's Donald Trump's or it's, you know, George Soros's or whoever it is. I don't trust the government. Good. You shouldn't. Martin Luther King didn't. Gandhi didn't. Abraham Lincoln didn't. He trusted the people. Governments go astray from time to time. That's why you have to have small government. Because when you put people in a position of power, they just start getting greedy and hungry and they want more and more and more. If we want to cure ourselves, we should probably watch what's happening in Hong Kong. Because those people are alive. Those people are in action. They've been promised democracy, a real democracy, a republic. The Chinese government agreed. Now, under the threat of tyranny, the people of Hong Kong have brought the legislative and, and executive machinery to a standstill. Just as Gandhi said they would. People of Hong Kong, stay determined. Stay peaceful. Root yourself in truth. And no power on earth will be able to stop you. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. The availability of guns at Walmart has become a hotly debated issue. Has it? With who? People who don't shop at Walmart? Well, people uh, on the left absolutely are saying this because right. there was a shooting at Walmart, as you know, mm-hmm. which in which I believe Walmart was directly targeted specifically because they are too capitalist and cause pollution, but that's mm-hmm. a whole other point. Right. Um, and because they had a shooting at a Walmart, obviously, can you believe they will still sell guns? Yeah, no, I, mm. I really can't. So Walmart, so here comes the left. They decide that they're going to go into Walmart. Business Insider is going to send somebody undercover to go in and show America just how easy it is to buy a gun. Mm. Yeah, they. Uh, she, this is a uh, Haley Peterson. She went in and she said, my journey to bring a gun home from Walmart was more complicated than I expected. <laughs> no. And I was left with the impression that the company takes gun security and sales seriously. Shut up. Now, first of all, you'd think this is is strange, right? Because when you hear it from the media, anyone can order a gun on the internet and it just gets no, delivered I, to your I house. Can I tell you? I went into Walmart. It was a Tuesday. Now, I had to wait mm-hmm. until the afternoon. I mean, they made me wait like an hour. I went in at like 11.59 mm-hmm. and it took me until like 12.15 to buy a thermonuclear device. Really? Uh, it's so easy. And it's great because you can they get- They don't sell those online though? Uh, you have to go into no, the store? No, you have to go into the store. Oh, you, I geez. mean, but it's great. I mean, if you, you know, a stop by and get, you know, like a, you know, a, a cutoff tank, uh, you know, tank top, not a tank. They don't sell tanks. That's ridiculous. But you get the tank top and you get the thermonuclear device. Unfortunately, they do sell tank tops, which uh, that is something I, know that I, I would I would have support and, an amendment to ban tank right, tops I, from I, at least certain people. You know, for guys, especially. Yeah. Guys, especially. Um, uh, we don't want to see it. And a good chunk of women. There's a good... 
There's a percentage I could name of women that also should not be wearing tank tops. We can get into that in a more detailed numerical conversation. I'll break out the spreadsheets. We can go through them. Okay. Uh, but the percentage isn't particularly high yes, of the okay. availability for yes, those. Yes, okay. All right. It's mm-hmm. not a constitutional yes. right. Tank tops, right. tube tops, not constitutional I rights. I get it. Let's get that clear. Right. Okay, so she tries to, on August 13th, goes to walmart.com. This is where you start when you want to buy a gun in this country because it's very easy to buy a gun in this country. All you have to do is roll on down to the internet and you type it in and they send you all sorts. They send you a whole arsenal. That's what we're told by the media. She goes on August 13th to find which one of the 10 Walmart, Walmart stores near her sells guns. Mm-hmm. Just not, not to actually get the gun on the internet, but just to find out from the website where she can get guns. Uh, well, they didn't have any answers on there. The only website, uh, the only thing they had on the website were air guns, which of course are non-lethal, as she points out. Which, yes, yes, air guns are non-lethal. That is, that is accurate. I, okay, I, are you sure? Pretty sure. Well, okay. I guess if you, well, I mean, it's probably possible to kill yourself with an air gun, but well, very difficult. Would it's you also, try? Would you just try just for science? For science, would you try? I will not. Okay. I will All right. Not. Uh, well, the only let guns. The suicide average- rates continue to rise. Right. <laughs> uh, so they decided to go to. Um, uh, she's placed a dozen calls mm-hmm. to multiple stores, mm-hmm. waited on hold for forty minutes, mm-hmm. got through to a human three times. Mm-hmm. Three Walmart employees told me they didn't know which stores sold guns in the area. Mm-hmm. So again, we're told that Walmart is supplying guns to all these killers. It's hard for her, this reporter to even find one. Then uh, they finally went to the main customer service line mm-hmm. and spoke to someone who said also that they could not help. <laughs> When it comes to availability, they don't want us to discuss that for various reasons, he said. He declined to elaborate on this and said he knew of at least one location near me that didn't sell guns, which she crossed off the list. That's not necessary. There's like, hey, there's one near you that doesn't do it. I could tell you that for sure. <laughs> that's not that's not helpful. That's, it's a, well, it's also a violation of, you know, look, we don't want to give out this information for various reasons because you might be a nut job on the phone. I don't know who I'm talking about, but I'll tell you there's one that doesn't <laughs> right. sell it, and it's the one I'm in right now. And maybe that was the way they were trying <laughs> to be right. helpful. Uh, the customer service representative advised them to call each store individually to find out whether it sold guns. Of course, she had already tried that. It was not helpful. Now, this is not exactly a commercial for Walmart customer service. I will say this. Right. But it is kind of a commercial for the fact that they take guns seriously. Finally, they got to a place. She got to a place in Virginia, transferred to the sporting sporting goods department, where a woman on the line confirmed that they could buy a gun there. Store was thirty minutes away. She got in her car and went to the uh, Walmart. Um, on the way to uh, this the gun department, she walked by school supplies. Oh my gosh! Look They're at selling guns okay. and school supplies in the same store. That's unbelievable. They also sell lingerie, so they are. Uh, this I'm just guessing, but some sort of pedophile gun sex fantasy with backpacks. I don't know what right. it is, Something but that's weird. what's happening. Something I'm pretty weird. sure. Ask the Young Turks. Now, one of the really interesting parts of this mm-hmm. is the ability to find a gun through Walmart was very difficult for this reporter. Mm-hmm. However, after she was done with the story, she called uh, the ATF and found or she called Walmart and they pointed her to the ATF, the government, which has a list of all the stores you can go buy guns. So the government will give you the information on where to buy guns, but the evil Walmart corporation <laughs> that all they want to do is profit off of mass killings, they won't even tell you where to buy them. We got to give more power to the government right. because they'll keep us safe. <laughs> Hi, ATF. You want to buy a gun? Uh, they, she got to the store, went by the school supplies, the toy department, mm. and the bike shop. Oh, my. Mm. All, what do they all have in common? Children. Oh, I was thinking products sold in Walmart. Okay, yeah, that's true, okay. too. A selection of about 20 rifles and shotguns were displayed in a locked glass case behind the sporting goods counter. Mm. The guns ranged in just price... Just sitting there in a locked case. Just out there in the just open out there for the you open. to see, though, behind locked glass. Wow. $159 to $474 was the pricing. Wow, that's pretty um, good. The counter in front of the guns displayed pocket knives, binoculars, digital night vision, blah, blah, blah. Mm. A selection of guns was limited compared to nearby gun stores, which offer dozens of different kinds of firearms. That's because Walmart isn't a gun store. Right? Like they're just, they're, they've got some basics there. Um, so uh, Walmart raised the minimum age to purchase a gun or ammunition to 21. They did that, uh, I think that was last year. Um, Walmart also sells a firearm only after receiving a green light on a background check, while federal law requires only the absence of a red light after three business days. Um, 
We videotaped the point of sale for firearms, only allow certain associates to sell firearms, and secure firearms in a locking case with individual locks, among other measures, says Walmart. Uh, she then went on to figure out that um, uh, that uh, they do have air guns, pellet guns, and BB guns, mm-hmm. but they are designed apparently, Glenn, to be non-lethal. You, I, I, I'm still. I've seen a documentary that. about putting an eye out. That's right. It was it was, it was cold. It was Mothers Christmas. against guns, something. Right. And he wanted a gun, and she was saying, you're going to put an eye out, and it was true, and he did, and he had to wear glasses the rest of his life. Yeah, very and tragic. And now he's producing Although, Iron Man movies. My understanding that was actually an icicle that, that, that uh, did that. that. Yeah, I think right. so. Um, we estimate about 2% of the market of firearms today um, was uh, sold at Walmart, 20% of ammunition sales. Um, before they left the store, they, the manager offered to remove a rifle from the case for her to, exp- uh, to inspect if you believe that, uh, she did that. Uh, another thirty minutes, uh, she would finally get to successfully uh, purchase the firearm after she drove uh, to another store and had to fill out the paperwork, which apparently there is. They asked her her name, her address, and her social security number, her race. Mm. They won't sell to black people, obviously. Mm. Gender. Mm. I'm surprised. I hope she identified as a man because they won't sell to women. Mm-hmm. And U.S. citizenship ship status, which is mm. unbelievable. Mm. Why the hate? Why can't we sell guns to illegal immigrants? Illegal immigrants? You mean just immigrants? I mean, un- you mean, I mean good- undocumented people. You mean people who are... There's some people who don't need documentation. No human is illegal. Have we pointed that yeah. out today? Uh, I won't pay, we make just sure. did. Mm-hmm. Under a section called Certificate of Transferee, it asks about my criminal record, whether I've mm. ever been convicted of a felony, wow. subject to a restraining order, or prohibited from pur- purchasing a firearm, among other specifics. Mm. Uh, untruthful answers may subject you to criminal prosecution. Again, she's still trying to get this gun. Um, she left this. And again, empty-handed. she's surprised that this is this like is this true. is news. Yeah, because that's this is what the media tells you that you can walk in and anyone right. can buy like a nuclear weapon. And anybody, it's not true. anybody who knows. I just I just bought a gun. Uh, just bought a gun. Gosh, what's the name of the store? I think it was. I think it was, uh, I don't want to say, but I, I just bought a, a gun in Utah and I live in Idaho and uh, you know, there's just, there's, there was, there were, there are no stores like that in, in Idaho where I live. There's nothing. It's like, <laughs> there's no uh, stores. Yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> there's there's nothing. Like there's cows. Right. Okay. So I went down and, uh, and you know, everybody knows me. Every, every, you know, I'm I'm clearly not a danger to society unless you know you're a journalist in New York, and then you think I am. Um, but everybody knows me. I have no problem when they said they came to me and said, "Oh crap, you're in Idaho," and I said, "Yeah." I said, "Ah, oh, I'm in Utah," because uh, it was just right across the border. Yes. Okay. So what does that mean? You can't buy it today. You got to wait. We have to transfer it to Idaho. Somebody there is going to have to pick it up. That's a firearms dealer. You're going to have to meet them tomorrow or the next day. It was all kinds of stuff. I wasn't pissed. No, I mean, everybody I know, everybody I know is that buys a gun is pissed at the people who say that there is such a problem. You can get these things so easily that we need more hassles in our life. They they have never, for instance, this woman, she's reporting on the very basic, you can't buy, I've never been able to buy a gun without that, without filling out all that paperwork. Sure. You don't buy a gun without that. And she's announcing this on Business Sider, like, look at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like they're taking it serious. Yes, yeah. that's every place you buy a gun. Yeah. Now, she got, the, the gun was about to be purchased. Oh, she, uh, unfortunately, though, her license did not match her home address. Their license address did not match their home address, so they rejected the purchase. Um, she would need to bring in a government-issued ID with a correct address. They rejected it. She says, in summary, overall, the experience left me with the impression that buying a gun at Walmart is more complicated than I expected and that Walmart takes gun sales and security pretty seriously. Do that in any store in America that is selling yeah. guns. They're all like that. And we should point out, because, uh, I mean, we're, I was a little mocking as I was reading this story. Mm-hmm. Good job by an actual reporter who went in with a different idea, had the facts change her mind, and actually reported what occurred. I agree with you. Very, that, like, that is what we need more of in this, in this world. More people that will look at these things and say, you know what? 
I went in there thinking A, and I came out thinking B. No, and that's this is and this is the truth. I would invite you. What, what's her name? Uh, Haley Peterson. Haley Peterson. I would invite you to go try that at other gun stores because you're going to find exactly the same experience. The people who run gun stores and the people who buy guns are much more concerned about it every day of their life than you are. You guys think about it once there's a shooting. We've got to do it. We think about it all the time. And we want our gun laws enforced. We want the bad people to go to jail. We don't want, I can guarantee you, NRA members, you walk into a store and they are loose. You know, here, let me give you this. I walked into a store in Philadelphia and I was buying a gun and somebody walked in and it was a girl and she said, oh, she was with her thuggish boyfriend. And she's like, oh, I like this one. It's pink. Okay. Is that the gun you want to get? I like it. It's pink. And I looked at the gun store owner who I didn't really know. And I said, please, dear God, tell me you're not going to sell that gun. (laughs) And he said, no, I'm going to kick him out. No, I'm not selling that gun. They have a right to refuse service, and they do, and they do. Now, you do that with anybody else. Boy, if somebody comes in and doesn't make a cupcake for you because, you know, you're, you're half octopus and you, re- you refuse to uh, buy that cupcake unless they address you as half octopus woman and you're beautiful and you're not and you don't have forearms— You'll you'll boycott, you'll pick it. Here's gun stores that will immediately say, you know what? Uh Uh-uh, I don't, uh, there's a feeling I have. I'm not selling you a gun. Get out. Do you care about that? No, you don't care about that. Why? Because it goes against what you believe about gun stores and gun owners. We are responsible. We don't like the killing just as much as you don't like the killing. The difference is we might not like it more because we keep getting blamed for it. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.